Hi there, it's producer Rob here. Now, maybe you're a new listener, maybe you've been listening for ages. Well, either way, if you're finding this podcast useful, then you might also like to subscribe to Which Money. You'll get our monthly magazine packed with tips on how to make the most of your cash, from growing your savings and investments to avoiding rip-offs and scams. You'll also be able to call our experts on the Which Money helpline as often as you like to get answers to your money queries. Just visit witch.co.uk forward slash join money. That's witch.co.uk forward slash join money and sign up today. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. The average for the beach hut in 2022 was. £49,000. Basically, 50 grand is what you're going to have to fork out if you want to get your hands on a six by six foot wooden hut. What we're finding is so many families or people or couples, friends are booking these huts and they're wanting something that's going to look really good on their Instagram. So it's kind of moved away from practical to more of a luxury. Now, in the midst of a heatwave, it's the perfect time to talk about the British seaside. It conjures up an image of overcrowded beaches, sandcastles, ice creams, and the quintessentially British beach huts. Rows of multicoloured wooden huts sitting along the promenade, often very distinct, some even with a sea view. It sounds dreamy, doesn't it? Well, today we'll be discussing what these modest wooden huts could set you back and whether buying one could be a worthwhile investment, as well as the other option of how to rent one for the day. And for this, I'm joined by the wonderful witch property expert, Joe Wright. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Hi, Lucia. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thank you. So, Joe, do you want to start by telling us what's caught your eye about beach huts recently? So, it's quite frankly just the simple thing of walking along the seafront, seeing a row of colourful huts, and just thinking, well, I wonder how much they cost to run and to purchase. And so I did a bit of digging and came across these astronomical prices and researched how the trend for beach huts is sort of booming at the moment. So the whole crux of the sort of investigation that I looked into was just the crazy world of UK beach huts and what's happening to it at the moment. Okay, so how much are we talking here then, Joe? How much could a beach hut set you back? Yeah, the average for Beach Hut in 2022 was £49,000. Basically, 50 grand is what you're going to have to fork out if you want to get your hands on a six by six foot wooden hut. It's a lot for a shed, isn't it? <laughs> it very much so is. You could paint it multicolored, so you've got that added bonus. Yeah, so that £49,000 figure is a 43% increase from the year beforehand. So they're going on an upward trajectory at the moment, which for the time being is showing no signs of slowing. I mean, 43%, that's huge, isn't it? So why is it, do you think, that prices have gone up so much in just that year and in recent years more generally? What kind of factors are at play here? It's pretty much the pandemic, which uh, has caused this sort of surge in demand, and that's reflected in the pricing because of Everyone remembers we were all locked down from March 2020 and then on and off for about a year and a half or so. And during that time, the staycation trend took hold when we were allowed to go on holidays, but couldn't really go abroad. So 
everyone started looking at places nearer to home. And from that, the interest in beach huts began to increase. And it's shown little sign of slowing in the last two years as well. There definitely seems like there's been a culture shift towards them recently, doesn't there? You know, they could be fitted with little kitchens, dining areas, made to look essentially very Instagrammable, you know, magazine worthy. Are they kind of associated now with that certain kinds of luxury lifestyle? They really are. Like you say, the whole social media element seems to have taken hold now. Influencers and just people hiring the huts to get those picture postcard style thing of candy coloured huts against a backdrop of blue sky and no clouds. When you look on Facebook or Instagram in the summertime, the feed sometimes a wash of pictures of beach huts in the interior. I'm not saying that's the sole reason as to why this sort of luxury type look has sort of begun to emerge, but we're definitely seeing people spend a lot more money on beach huts and with that comes this sort of luxury element that it's the higher earners who can buy a beach hut but that's a vast contrast to what they were when they originally started out in the Victorian times a family would have owned a beach hut and traditionally they've been handed down through generations so I spoke to someone from Bournemouth last month his mum bought a beach hut in the 50s for 150 pounds 150 pounds in 1950 now it's worth £450,000. Oh my goodness, that is a real shocker. Are people paying that much for these or are these kind of just prices being thrown around a bit? No, people are actually paying it. The record, I think, is around the £400,000 mark. Obviously, those huts which are worth hundreds and thousands of pounds are quite rare. We say that there's ones on the market for a quarter of a million, 500000 but you'd normally get a price around 40 to 50 but yeah people are paying hundreds of thousands for them and because of that sellers in less sought after areas think oh well if someone's getting 400 grand for one then why shouldn't i push my price up and try and get the 100 grand when theoretically it might only be worth 30 so yeah it's getting a little bit absurd at the moment <laughs> It really does feel like that, doesn't it? I mean, they can't all be giving off luxury staycation vibes, can they? Surely. Have you seen any going for kind of bargain prices? Well, it, it seems from when I was looking, prices can start from around £5,000 and then just sort of escalate from there on. But that's not to say that the bargains could be out there. I spoke to a owner from Littlestone in Kent and she did a really savvy move of finding like a, a rundown shack which was used by a kite surfing school and she bought it for just a, a few hundred pounds and then she got a license from the local council so that it could be classed as a beach hut. So really she spent about 400 pounds on the hut, kitted it all out, spruced it up how she wants it and now it could be worth 50 grand or so. Wow, what an amazing story. I mean, you know, if you're not lucky enough to find a spot like we just heard about in Kent, then is it worth it? Well, we'll be back to discuss just this right after a short break. What is happening to supermarket prices? Do own label brands taste good? What's the best supermarket? What's the worst? How do I spend less on my weekly shop? Are there ways I can shop smarter? Should I just be growing my own veg? How do I even grow veg? <sighs> 
wine to pair with spag ball? When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. So, Joe, let's get into whether they're worthwhile investments. Can we cover, firstly, some of the other costs that they come with? Sadly, for anyone interested, you've got an eye-watering sum. And then on top of that, there, there is quite a lot of add-ons, which, which you're going to have to be paying. Um, and they, they can add up to quite a lot each year. So because um, you're likely to buy it on leasehold rather than freehold, that means you're going to have to pay a yearly licence fee or ground rent to the landowner of the site, and that's traditionally the council. And it's these licence fees which councils around the country are currently hiking. There's such a huge demand for beach huts and the councils are seeing, well, there's an opportunity to rake in more money. So these licence fees are shooting up in areas dotted around the UK in Bournemouth and Christchurch and Poole Council have upped their licence fees by 26% in April, which means the average annual charge is now £2,350. But for some people in the more affluent areas, they're paying £8,000 a year in licence fees. And it doesn't end there. So on top of licence fees, you've also got to fork out for insurance. So that's contents insurance. And then councils will also typically want you to have public liability insurance as well. Usually insurance will set you back probably about £300 a year. The premiums are based on how much it would cost to rebuild the hut if it's damaged, so not theoretically what it's worth. On top of that, again, you've also got business rates to factor in. It's because they're classed as non-domestic property because you can't sleep overnight in them. So owners who don't have any other non-domestic property in their name could be eligible for 100% rate relief, but those who don't will need to take that extra hit and pay business rates. Okay, so a lot of other costs there really, Joe, aren't there? But if we go back to the kind of initial sum that you'd have to pay, if you don't have the outright cash, would you be able to get a loan or even a mortgage? I'm not sure if if that's a ludicrous idea. But of course, you know, with rates so sky high right now, as we keep talking about on the show, would it be worth it? Yeah, so getting a mortgage on a beach up isn't really something which can be done, it seems. Speaking to some estate agents when I was doing this piece, and a mortgage for a beach hut doesn't really exist. I think some people may have done previously, but you're going to struggle to get a mortgage because there's too much of a risk that, well, it could be vandalised and, well, the beach hut just sort of washes away even in high tide. So if you haven't got the cash up front, then taking out a loan to get that money and pay for it is your best bet. Well, if you don't have the cash to buy a beach hut outright, I suppose the other option is you could club together with family and friends, or perhaps this second option could be for you, because across the country, many rental sites are popping up, allowing you to enjoy your own beach hut for the day. One of these is Happy Huts, based in Wells in Norfolk, and we've been speaking to founder Jodie Granger-Brown. Back in 2007, My grandpa bought his for £15,000, which at the time my mum's like, do not tell anyone he spent that much money on a shed. Essentially, it's just been the increase in popularity, but almost awareness as well. I kind of, the more popular they are, obviously, naturally, the higher the prices have got. It's such a difficult one. For a personal investment, it's been obviously amazing. 
there's not much else that you can kind of guarantee that your input cost is going to go up so much. I think the sad thing is that it's very much out of reach for most people now. So there'll be a lot of people that have been on, I know waiting lists happen to buy beach huts and actually they're all being outpriced now. And a lot of locals that have grown up and possibly their families have beach huts back in the 60s, 70s, they're just totally unaffordable now. Having said this, I think that's why there is so much pleasure from renting them because it's just making them affordable for sort of everyone to rent for the day. What we're finding is so many families or people or couples, friends are booking these huts and they're wanting something that's going to look really good on their Instagram. So it's kind of moved away from practical to more of a luxury. And I think that's why, you know, there's so many programmes now about sort of Britain's best beach huts and design makeovers. But actually, it's become more of a trendy thing. So I think beach huts have almost become this sort of bloggers delight really to try and get in there and get all their Instagram pictures. And obviously, that is also partnered with the fact that they are so practical. She also told us more about her most regular customers. So our biggest market is 100% families, a lot of yummy mummies, I like to call them, very, very family orientated. But then on that, we also have quite a lot of the sort of people buying days for their grandparents. I think there's quite a nostalgic thing there. It sort of reminds, well, it reminds everyone of their childhood, I think, sort of going to the beach with their family. I really like the gifting idea at the end. They're such an unusual idea. And and for anyone listening wanting to find out how much it would set you back to rent one, well, I had a look on the Happy Huts website and saw the majority of their huts are £65 a day. Joe, how does this compare? Do you have any more examples of prices? And for the price then, what does it get you? I mean, I take it you don't get them overnight generally. So just looking on some other rental sites, beachhutsforhire.co.uk, plucking a random beach hut, Frinton-on-Sea in Essex, £60 day hire, off-peak that is, or £160 for a weekly hire. I think that's five days. And then it changes during peak season. This goes up £10 and £15 each. So that is definitely within people's budgets, renting it rather than forking out tens and tens of thousands of pounds to buy one and then when you rent one it seems usually you get usually fitted with a stove you get your kettle inside but then that's sort of where things end really there's no toilet facilities in traditional beach huts there's no running water so the facilities are very few and far between yet they're a really nice place to go to and just relax and you're cut off from the outside world you've got that own sort of section of beach which you can call home for a day or a week or so obviously you can't sleep in them overnight but definitely renting one for a week renting one for a day it seems worthwhile you can do it in groups can't you as well like i've seen that they do tend to have a kind of maximum number of people but potentially you could do it as a hen party or for a birthday party and get a few people together and and split the cost definitely yeah it's quite common for groups to do that and just generally, just speaking to the hut owners that I spoke to, everyone loves it. They all say there's such a nostalgia to it. It takes them back to what it was like going to the beach with their parents and their grandparents. And just that escapism of being by the seaside. And what do you think then the future holds for the price of beach huts? So we're talking again about how much of a kind of worthy investment they might be. So given their popularity and their high asking prices now, are we likely to see prices rise even further? 
Well, yeah, certainly at the moment, the prices aren't stopping. They keep rising. But like with everything, you think surely the bubble's got to burst soon and prices will begin to calm and come down. But for the time being, that isn't happening. So without a crystal ball, you can't really tell. It's just like any investment, really, if you don't know what's going to happen to it. Buying a beach hut is essentially an investment for some people because you buy one and people sit tight and just see the value shoot up. Lots of people are keeping hold of them at the moment. People aren't selling up. They're sort of reaping the reward because of what is happening to prices. Would you think this could be the start of a new moment then for beach huts popping up across the country? A bit like what we heard earlier from the lady in Kent turning what was a shed really used for kite surfing. Do you think we could see more rows of beach huts popping up across the UK? Yeah, so there's councils dotted around the country that sort of try to tap into this demand and have put in planning applications in recent years to build more huts. Obviously, these are only sort of dozen at a time, so you're not going to suddenly have thousands of extra huts. I think there's 20,000 or so in the UK at the moment, but existing owners sort of fear that building more might dilute the appeal and sort of take away the appeal to owning one because it sort of dilutes the market. But that's not what we're seeing at the moment. Canterbury City Council, which manages huts in Whitstable and Herne Bay, when they submitted their plans for more than 100 huts, they were just quite frank in saying, we're confident they're going to sell like hotcakes. So the councils know that they can make money from it. Other councils are renovating derelict ones that have sort of been left of ruin. They've realised, God, there's potential to do up these huts and sell them and, and rent them out. Well, finally then, for anyone listening who's feeling a little bit tempted, they might want to start looking into buying one. What advice would you have? Where should they start? So there's sort of two avenues you can go down, really. Just buying one from a seller who decided to to sell up. There's a few websites, Beach Huts for Hire and BeachHuts.com, which are sort of the go-to places if you want to hire one or buy one. You can also see them on places like Rightmove. You get the odd beach hut for sale up there. So very much like buying a house, really, in that instance. And then the other way is buying them from a council when councils have ones to sell or have built more and are trying to get buyers in advance. You'll likely have to join a waiting list. And in some instances, waiting lists to buy a beach hut are years in length. It's quite hard, there's no denying it, to getting your hands on a beach hat because you've got to fork out quite a lot of money and trying to get one that's on the market is also quite tough. It does kind of feel a little bit like new territory, doesn't it? You know, going on right move to find a beach hut, potentially just walking down a local beachside and asking people. I don't know, to me, that kind of seems, maybe this is part of the, the nostalgic view that people have. But to me, I feel like maybe you'd be wise to just go wherever you'd like to try and buy one and just chat to whoever's sitting outside or kind of pottering around their own beach hut. 100%. I'm sure most people are more than happy to speak and they're probably really happy that they're sitting on a, quite a good investment themselves. Um, so they probably want to tell you sort of how much they bought it for now, how much it's worth. When I was doing this piece, I was walking in Whitstable and there was some owners just outside their hut a couple of hundred huts down there, but there's only about two in use at the time. Yeah, I spoke to both the people out there and they're more than willing to speak to me. And a couple of had for sale signs on there. 
so yeah, they may not even be listed on websites. So if you just wanted to walk down to your local seafront and you might see one for sale and it might be the old fashioned way, there might be a number on there and you give them a bell and you might be able to get the process started. A huge thank you to Joe for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Eric Breer, with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkin. Hi there, Harry from Witch here. Our research has found that millions of families are skipping meals to survive the cost of living crisis. And our figures show that over 8 in 10 people in the UK are having to make adjustments to save money on food. With the price of essential products soaring, we believe that supermarkets have to step up to the plate to help us all. That's why we've launched the Affordable Food for All campaign, calling on the big supermarkets to take action and make a real difference to communities across the UK. If you agree and would like to join our campaign, then sign our petition at witch.co.uk slash affordable dash food and use the hashtag affordable food for all on social media. Thank you.